I heard a quote a couple of weeks ago that's been rattling around in my brain ever since. It went something like this. More often than not, it's not one big thing that crashes an airplane. It's a bunch of little things happening all at once. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel beat writer Jim Ozarski used that quote to illustrate the issues with the Packers at some point during the latter half of this very disappointing season. And I think it is just supremely accurate. Even now, I think it's hard to point to just one thing that is wrong with the Packers. Sure, you can point to just one thing, but it's not really the only thing. And it's surely not just that one thing that has prevented the Packers from reaching their potential this year. It's been a flurry of tiny little cuts, tiny little problems that have killed the Packers. A million little details all adding up into one long slog of a season. I've thought about that idea a lot with the Jets on the schedule this week because there's a great Packers-Jets game that shows just how good a team can be when it takes care of all the little things. Turn back in your minds to 2010 and think with me about the Packers' Week 8 game against the Jets. The Packers ended up winning that game 9 to nothing on the heels of a tremendous defensive effort. You got to be a pretty good team to win 9 to nothing and in 2010 the Packers were a very good team. The offense wasn't great that day. Aaron Rodgers' passer rating was under 60, but they got enough points to win and more importantly, they didn't do anything to help the other team win, which far too often has been a problem with the 2018 Packers. Meanwhile, the Packers' defense that day was tremendous. In a game where they had absolutely no margin for error, the defense suffocated Mark Sanchez and the Jets all afternoon. They forced three turnovers and allowed just one single drive of longer than 50 yards. The 2018 Packers could never win a game like that. This year's team has had too many things going wrong all season long to ever get enough details under control at once to sweat out a game like that. They've allowed themselves to constantly be bogged down by little things, so much so that when a big mistake finally does happen, it proves to be pretty much a killing blow. Just for example, think of the Packers' 29-27 loss to the Rams this year. Ty Montgomery's fumble is the headlining mistake of that game, but a culmination of little issues put the Packers in position to lose that one. A first-half safety immediately jumps out if you look back at that game, but digging a little bit deeper, there are other serious issues. The Packers had two key three-and-out drives in the second half, including one drive where they had a second and five but couldn't convert on either second or third down. The list goes on the the deeper you dig. The point is this. The Packers are where they are because of those details. That's what crashed the plane of the 2018 season. And whoever the coach is next season and beyond isn't going to have to fix one big thing, but he's going to have his hands extremely full trying to put out all the little fires that have plagued the Packers. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Excited to be with you here previewing this second-to-last game of the season. Let's dive right in with five things for you to think about during Sunday's game. Number one, if the Packers win out this season, they are going to finish the year with seven wins. That is bad by the Packers' standards, but I think a lot of Jets fans would take seven wins. Why is that? Well, because the Jets have won seven or more games just once in the past five seasons. And that's a good reminder of two things. One, it could almost always be worse in Green Bay. And two, 
Picking near the top of the draft isn't always a solution to problems with your football team. The Jets are living proof. They've picked inside the top 10 four times since 2013. And yet, here they are, year after year. Number two, quarterback Sam Darnold is the most recent of those high draft picks in New York, and it's been a boom or bust season for the rookie. He has as many games this year with a passer rating below 40 as he does with a passer rating above 100, posting three of each in his 11 starts in 2018. Overall, it's resulted in a pretty uninspiring stat line. He's completed just 56.7% of his passes and has thrown 14 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Number three, nobody's going to confuse the Jets with a defensive juggernaut this year, but they're getting interceptions at a fairly decent rate. The picks are coming on key downs, too. Five of the team's 13 interceptions this year have come on third downs. And while the Jets aren't exactly pass rush specialists, they do a good job of taking down quarterbacks in key situations. 20 of their 34 sacks this year have come on third down plays. Number three, with the playoffs out of reach, the Packers really only have personal milestones to play for, but fortunately, Devontae Adams is in range of some big ones. He has already passed 1,000 yards for the season and broke through the 1,300-yard threshold last week against the Bears. His 2018 effort is just the 10th 1,300-yard season in Packers history, and it's not at all unrealistic to think that Adams could end up having the best receiving yardage season the team has ever seen if a couple things break his way. He needs just 109 yards over the next two games to tie Antonio Freeman for fourth most in team history. And if he manages to get 205 yards over the next two games, he'll surpass Jordy Nelson's 2014 mark of 1,519 yards, the current Packers single season record. On the year so far, Adams is averaging 93.9 yards per game, a little behind the pace if he wants to pass Jordy Nelson. And finally, number five, there are some high-level connections between the Packers and Jets, namely a few Jets personnel with deep ties to Green Bay. Alonzo Dotson, for instance, spent five seasons and six drafts in the Packers' front office. He left after this spring's draft to take a position as an area scout with the Jets. Dotson is the former, or is the nephew rather, not the former nephew, of Packers defensive lineman Santana Dotson, who won a Super Bowl with the Packers in 1996. New York Jets head coach Todd Bowles has a Super Bowl ring from that very game, Super Bowl 31. He was a scouting assistant with the Packers in 1995 and 1996. Also in the category of former Packers Super Bowl winners is New York Jets outside linebackers coach Kevin Green, who held that same position with the Packers between 2009 and 2013. Finally, Jets offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Jeremy Bates is the son of former Packers defensive coordinator Jim Bates. The elder Bates ran the Packers' defense in 2005. What young player should we be keeping an eye on this week? I have resisted dropping his name in this segment, but I can do so no longer. It's time to talk about Robert Tanya. Look, the Packers' tight end group has been a disappointment this year. Jimmy Graham has no more than two healthy limbs remaining thanks to knee and thumb injuries. He may actually be down to one fully healthy arm or leg if he has injuries to both knees, which seems to be possible. Mercedes Lewis, meanwhile, can't get a pass thrown his way to save his life. He can barely get on the field at all. And Lance Kendricks is a completely known quantity. What's the point in giving Lance Kendricks more reps unless you want to just use a fullback or have a guy there for dump-off passes? Why not see what Robert Tanyan can do? 
He's averaged eight snaps per game over the last three weeks. And while that's more than he's played for most of the rest of the season, I think it's time to bump that up to 20 or 30 snap. And it's not like he's going to be that much more ineffective than what's already out there. And even if he is, who cares? What happened the last time the Packers and Jets played? Well, the Packers last faced the Jets in 2014 when New York traveled to Lambeau Field for a week two matchup. For most of that game, it looked like there was going to be an upset in the works. Geno Smith, remember him? Started hot, running in one touchdown and throwing another as the Jets built a 21-3 lead shortly into the second quarter. But then the rally started. Two Mason Crosby field goals cut the lead to 12. Then Aaron Rodgers found Randall Cobb for a score just before the end of the first half. Then midway through the second quarter, Rodgers and Cobb connected again. Then Cobb scored a two-point conversion to put the Packers up 24-21. to The Jets tied the game on their next drive, but it took the Packers exactly one play to get back on top. An 80-yard catch and run by Jordy Nelson put the Packers up for good, completing what was at the time the largest comeback win of Aaron Rodgers' career. It's interesting to note that one of the players Nelson beat on that big play was Jets first round pick Calvin Pryor, a safety who is thought to be of interest to the Packers. Pryor and HaHa Clinton Dix were considered the two top safeties in that draft class, and with a bit of a weakness at safety that spring, the Packers were viewed as a prime landing spot for both players. It's interesting to note that five years later, neither Pryor or Dix is with the team that drafted them prior, in fact, is out of the league altogether. So who's going to win this time around? I think the Packers should win, but would anybody really be that surprised if they don't? I wouldn't, but I also don't want to think about it that way. But, you know, that's kind of where we are at this point in the season. So being realistic, who knows what's going to happen? Let's not be realistic, though. It's Christmas. It's time for some Christmas magic. Let's put it this way. I hope the Packers will win, and my prediction is going to follow along with my hope. The Packers will put everything together this weekend and give us the Christmas gift of a feel-good win that we all deserve after this long season. Packers 38, Jets 7. Believe it. Who knows what's really going to happen, though? I sure don't. Let's check in with our voters and see what they think in our survey. Well, our voters this week are not super confident. In fact, only slightly more confident that the Packers are going to get a win this week than they were last week against the Bears. And not a lot of people were feeling great about the chances for that win. The win confidence rate in our weekly poll this week is just 61.25%, just 2% higher than people felt going into the Bears game. Overall, I think this pretty much reflects the continued downward trend for people's feelings about the Packers. After a short bounce due to the Mike McCarthy firing, the confidence rates for all Packers figures we track are dropping none more than that of Aaron Rodgers. His weighted approval rating is just 48% this week, by far his lowest mark of the season. For comparison, the final approval rating we tracked for Mike McCarthy this season was 43%. Aaron Rodgers is down in Mike McCarthy approval rating territory. So maybe that's why so many people seem to want Rodgers to sit down for the last two games, among other reasons. We asked voters if they thought Rodgers should sit the last two weeks of the regular season. 57% of voters said yes. One last thought before we let you go into the weekend. Lost in the shuffle of this downward spiraling season has been an astonishingly limited role for rookie linebacker Oren Burks. 
He's athletic, he seems pretty versatile, and he's a third-round pick, so it stood to reason that he was going to get on the field quite a bit this year. But that hasn't been the case. He's been pretty firmly behind Antonio Morrison on the depth chart and in playing time all this season. He's played just 10 snaps on defense total in the Packers' last six games and has never seen the field, and never saw the field, excuse me, for even one single down in four of those six games. But that could be changing this week. In his Thursday press conference, defensive coordinator Mike Pettin said, quote, he's been ready, and I think he'll definitely see some time this weekend, end quote. How much time remains to be seen, of course, but it appears the Packers could be ready to take a look at a young defensive player they've kept largely under wraps this year. We'll see how it goes this Sunday. Hope you enjoy Sunday's game. Packers-Jets, a noon kickoff from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope you have a merry start to your Christmas slash holiday of your choice um, season. And we will be with you to recap the Packers-Jets game Monday morning on Christmas Eve. Looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to riding out the remainder of the season with you. I hope you have a great time. Hope you enjoy your weekend. This is John Meerdink, your host for this episode of Blue 58. Signing off. Go Packers. Blue 58! Hit! Hit!